Punch Trump. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Welcome to episode 48 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Adam. And Leon Edwards is the welterweight champion of the world. First of all... (laughs) First of all, that little line that you put at the start of every pod, way, no way less about fighting than I think they do. Boy, is that relevant at the moment. <laughs> How many fucking parlays can we lose, honestly? <laughs> I'm fucking over it. I try and just keep the yeah. positivity, really, but we are shithouse at fucking guess. No, you know, you know who's shithouse? Those two fat, lazy heavyweights who did absolutely sweet Fuck all for three rounds. That's, oh, man. that's who's useless. I, Another parlay killer. That Utah uh, altitude we didn't account for, but <laughs> from what I, I gathered. I didn't even realize it was, I totally like spaced on it. Uh, <laughs> just totally forgot that it was at altitude. Yeah. I um, think, I'd um, like to say that in like, just, you know, defense of the pick and, oh, had I known that I would have changed. Probably not. Still probably would have put the leg in there. But anyway, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, it sounded like everyone Everyone else did altitude training before the camp except those two fucking grubs. I don't know, man. There was a few fights on there that looked like they just didn't account for the altitude and cardio implications at all. Yeah, well, I I guess... Into some of those fights. A lot of the guys on the undercar, they wouldn't have even just had the money to, like, you know, do something like that. You need... Like, it's not like it's just... If you're earning $20,000 in the... Over six months that you can just be like, yeah, let's just do altitude training for three months leading up to this, you know? Um, That's a good point. But... Let's get straight into that main event. Holy shit. I've, I don't know if I've seen a fight like it, full stop. Um, and that's not even a, a, an exaggeration, but I want to hear you because you're Mr. Fucking Leon Edwards, Dick Ryder. And um, <laughs> tell you well, what, I'm not happy say, about it. <laughs> in, my, in my brain-addled cook state at about half past seven in the morning <laughs> after starting our combat sports marathon at 7 p.m. the night before, I I was extremely struggling to process what had just happened. Having some air between that and now, you have to say this is one of the most spectacular, most important, most legendary finishes in UFC history. With, with the context of everything around it, with the dominance of Usman Lee up to this point, the dominance in rounds two, three, and four as well, the implications of the talk of, well, he's pound for pound number one. Is he the greatest welterweight of all time? He's coming for Anderson Silva's UFC win streak record. When you combine all of those factors, you go, what Leon Edwards did was pretty, pretty spectacular. And he didn't, you know, just catch, just, just catch the guy and be able to pour it on him or 
it was a lucky shot and he just got caught. He set this up and dropped a hammer on Kamara Usman. His chin might not be the same after this, man. That's the kind of crack at his age where you go, ooh, you should be concerned moving forward. I mean, it was just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The reaction from Leon and him FaceTiming his mom immediately afterwards, saying, you know, saying we did it and just everything has just been incredible. What what a story, what a ride it's been, what a journey for, for Leon. Just, I'm so happy for him. It's incredible for British mixed martial arts. It's going to, the momentum has been growing and, you know, really rapidly rising with the likes, of, with the new, new breed of fighters coming through, with Paddy, with Molly, with Nathaniel Wood, picking up the groundwork that Mike Bisping did all those years ago, picking up the groundwork that Darren Till was able to start but not quite finish. Leon Edwards, in his prime, is a, is a British UFC champion. It's just going to be incredible for the sport there. I got, I just, it, it's difficult to, it's, you can't overstate the impact and the significance of what Leon Edwards did on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I, it's pretty significant that he got a lucky shot. Um, <laughs> Mate, I'm going to. I've never seen someone act like they just dominated a fight more than Leon Edwards when he knows that motherfucker escaped. So many flavors, and you just decided to be so salty. And honestly, the fucking British expat, pommy, annoying idiots at the pub I was at, (laughs) I was licking my lips because they were going off their head in the first round, and I was like, can you guys just shut the fuck up? And then I was just silently licking my lips for three rounds. The first (laughs) round where he dominated, dominated. I literally, like, I swear to you, I said to my mate sitting next to me, like, in, like, the fourth round, and I'm like, oh, these guys are going pretty quiet now, haven't they? Because they didn't say <laughs> it was dead silent because the, the pub I go to, it's Irish-owned, so a lot of the people there are Irish, British, Scottish, um, when fight day's yeah. on, no matter what. But obviously, that was basically 90% British because Edwards was fighting, and um, it made for an awesome atmosphere. But I was just like, oh, this is great. They're all just it's deadly silent in here. It's like a funeral right now. And then, oh, my Lord, it erupted. Like, people that weren't even sitting with each other, didn't even know each other, were just hugging each other at the pub. It was, it was great. And uh, no, it awesome. was awesome. That's awesome. But tell you, you, know, tell you what, like the, the first round was impressive. I couldn't believe the first round what was happening. Man, he was close. Leon was close to submitting Usman in the first round. That was remarkable. And I think he probably gassed himself out a little bit. Uh, you know, Kamara's a, a been a dominant champion and he went, okay, bad first round, let's reassess. And he fought the fight that we all thought that he would try and do. And, you know, some are saying, myself included, he was a little bit dirty with all of the glove grabbing, the multiple fence grabs he didn't get penalized for, the fake eye poke, the fake low blows. He was doing everything he could to make it a uh, dirty, and when I say dirty, I just mean like not, not a clean technical fight. It was a, you know, drag him out, smother him, hold him against the cage, put him in positions he didn't want to be comfortable. And then on top of that, when Leon started to get back to his, get back or defend the takedown, Kamara was hold, you know, grabbing onto the cage, holding him in place, etc. But you know what? He was doing what he needed to do to win. It's on the referee to call out that shit. And Herb Dean wasn't doing that. And Leon was, you know, uh, Leon so was getting pulled was, up for grabbing to... gloves and stuff as well, though. Yeah, yeah, but 
Kamara, no one was calling out Kamara. He just like repeatedly did it over and over. But it doesn't matter because Leon set up his opportunity in the fifth round. It was pretty cool as well. His coaches gave him an absolute bollocking. They were not, it was like, if you, like, it was really cool. I can't remember what they said exactly, but it's like, you got to, you got to like pull it out now. Like, if you want to actually do something, if you, is this the way you want to go out? And yeah, man, I mean, it wasn't just a lucky shot. It was a clearly set up technique that not dissimilar to what uh, Marlon Vera did to Dominic Cruz just a few weeks ago. Just wow, man. Just absolutely incredible. But you know what? We, we, we recently released the GSP podcast and we were talking about what does Kamaru have to do to chase him down? And I was being quite resolute in the fact that GSP is still the greatest welterweight of all time. And Dana in his presser, and of course he's saying this because he's building up the fight. He's calling Kamaru Usman the greatest welterweight of all time. What separates them is, you know, GSP got caught with that head kick against Carlos Condit, was in trouble. He survived. Okay, it wasn't as clean. But what this does, what this does is show you how difficult it is to continually turn up and perform at the highest level and not get caught by these absolute killers that you're being put in there with to try and take away your title. And the fact that GSP was able to do it for so long and walk away with his health, two-weight world champion, you just have to go, wow, that's that's the difference between some of the very best champions and the greatest champion of all time in that weight class. Just just remarkable. Yeah, I partially agree with you, but I feel like if Usman comes back and you know wins a title back and wins a couple Huge. more, then he's easily Huge. back in the conversation. Um, but for yeah, now, course. he's I mean, out of it again. He's still in the He's, he's still in the conversation as one of the great. I just don't think, you know, he's surpassed Matt Hughes. Sure, he's probably the second greatest welterweight of all time. What he's done is really impressive, really impressive. Um, but, you know, when you when you end up dropping a trilogy to Leon Edwards, because we know Leon is going to retain that belt, baby, that... That's going to be the saddest thing about Kumaru, this. So. Kumaru is shot. Dana he's has done. already... His knees are cooked. <laughs> Dana has already announced... Um, that this fight, there's already a rematch, obviously, and most likely in England at Wembley or something like that. And it's just going to be so sad to see Leon Edwards get fucking slept in front of his own fans. It's going to be so <laughs> sad to see the corpse of the washed Kamaru Usman oh get God. trotted out, you propped one up with his shitty knees, <laughs> his, his absolutely shot chin, coming out with his one-dimensional striking, trying to crutch sniff to save his life. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I think it's going to be ugly for Edwards. I feel like it's going to be even more of a boring fight because Usman's going to be like, well, I'm not even going to take a chance of getting kicked. I'm going to just smuggle this guy for five rounds. He's going to get the belt in the most boring fashion ever and there probably won't be a rematch, up, rematch after that because there'll be some other contender and Edwards will go. Well, there won't, yeah, whatever, whatever happens, unless there's some crazy weird stoppage or freak injury or something like that, they're 1-1 right now. There'll be a trilogy. Usman deserves deserves the crack at the belt, again, like to, a chance to get it back, the immediate rematch. But then uh, the best thing for the division would be for Leon to win because it changes things. Kamaru probably moves moves up a weight class or just, you know, he's, he's out of the picture for a while. And all of a sudden, you've got new title fights that we haven't seen before. And the 170-pound division is back being appointment viewing, you know, Okay, I can get I can get down with this. There's some interesting fights for Leon. There's the Jorge Masvidal fight, which does he deserve the title shot? Of course he doesn't, but there's a narrative there. That's easy. 
that's a great sell. That's you know, I want to see Leon getting big, big pay-per-view points, get some cash in his pocket. He's earned it. He's paid his dues to the UFC over the past seven years. No one's been more unlucky than Leon Edwards in fights falling through and injuries, opponent injuries, etc. Yeah, it's just- pretty unlucky yesterday. <laughs> Worm turn for him, man. The worm turn for him. Seven years of bad luck. The eye poke with Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's so many fights to make now, all with narrative. You've got the rematch with Bilal. You've got the pulled out fights with Chimaev that they couldn't make before. There's just so much to do in that division now. Wow. Yeah, I um, it's, it's been well, reignited. First Life of all, I'm going to play the heel the no division. matter what happens uh, for the <laughs> until that rematch, that rematch. But I genuinely think um, it'll just be an even more of a professional fight by Usman next time. If 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 his chin's fine, which I, I reckon it will be okay, based on my professional opinion, um, <laughs> <laughs> as, and as I a feel like he has the skill expert. to just. It make it even more boring and really, really annoy the fuck out of an entire fucking country <laughs> by um, getting the belt <laughs> back in the worst possible way. But uh, I think that's probably what's going to happen. And, yeah, I agree. There's probably better storylines otherwise. But, I, yeah, Edwards had a pretty good first round. But other than that, that fight was just so – like we, you can't tell me that you weren't miserable before that KO. Oh yeah, it was just like, are you serious? Like, it, it, it wasn't based off the first round, and it just wasn't supposed to be going that way. But and yeah, it was obviously it was it was it was a tough watch. And like I said, Kamara was doing everything he could, could to to make it a, a you know a, a a scrappy, gritty, grinding fight, which he's which he, you know which which he's done over the years. But Leon only needed that one opportunity, and his striking is far superior and it was that ability that, that that set this up his willingness to go forward put Kamara on the back foot and go you know what let's let's put myself in a risky position here let's step into the fire and see what happens because otherwise my dream is dead and based off of that if he hadn't have landed that there was a long queue of people all of a sudden to uh to, to, to get back to Kamara Osman because you go oh he's dropped two can't wrestle with him Chamaev etc like that's so just, just, just remarkable <laughs> All right, the got, way he did it, man. I've got two questions for you because um, it's just fun to ask these ones. First question is, do you think that's the biggest upset you've ever seen in a fight? And I don't mean, obviously, before the fights, they weren't really that mismatched. I was, like, I don't mean upset then. I mean, like, at the point of when the knockout happened, was that the biggest upset you've ever seen? No. The oh. biggest one I've ever seen was Anderson Silva submitting Chael Sonnen off his back in the in the fifth round as well to save yeah, his good, championship good, yeah. because of the way the fight had gone. That, but but that that's the levels we're talking about. I mean, put, putting the first round aside because that was an extremely impressive and dominant round for then three and a half rounds or three three rounds at least. Uh, Usman Usman was dominant and seemingly cruising yeah. to another victory. So he he really really was in terms of like a momentum swing, a complete change of what was happening. And then of course fights like um, shorter, wilder, but like you know like uh, Pat Barry against Czech Congo back in the day, right? That sort of uh, Frankie Edgar against uh, uh, against um, Gray, uh, Gray Maynard uh, back back in the 
years ago in the 155 uh, championship fights. Though that that's the sort of and then th those ones are probably even more wild because they were so injured and so damaged. Leon was never really in any danger or uh, concern for his his well being. It was, he but yeah, it was certainly from a dominance perspective. And this is it was probably all just um, he's like it's, it's probably just his poker face. Like he probably wasn't feeling this at all. But it literally looked like to me that he'd basically given up. Well, it, it, that's kind of what it looked like. He, he obviously hadn't. He obviously hadn't. But like, he obviously hadn't. It, it, but yeah, it looked like he was disheartened. It yeah, and that's why I was like, that's why I saw it as like the biggest upset ever. Because I, I actually thought like not like not only do I think the fight was over, like most people did, but I was like, this man is fucking broken. Like he is done. He is like he is humiliated. He, blah blah blah. And it's entirely possible that he was feeling that, and then something a switch flipped inside him in the final round. I was like, actually, no, I'm not going to go out this way, but. It's entirely possible. It was amazing. It was honestly sort of amazing. Ex accepted the reality of the situation. One more question for you. Uh, I know there's a whole heap of matchups, but this the, the one that scares me the most for Leon. Who do you think wins this fight? Honestly, if they're both as healthy as possible, assuming all that, Colby Covington, Leon Edwards. It's a real. It's a real interesting fight. A real interesting fight. And Leon will have to improve his cardio significantly if he wants to be able to do that. The thing I would say is going to make it more interesting is I think Kamaru is so much physically bigger and stronger that I don't think Colby will be able to physically dominate Leon in the same way with, with, the, with the grappling. Colby's a better striker than Usman. Does he have the power? No, but I think he's a, I think he's a technically more proficient striker but I think Leon again is better. That's that's such an. Of course, I, I picked Leon Edwards, but man, that's a fun fight. That is a really interesting fight. To again, that's honestly the main one I want to see, other than the rematch. To be honest, just because of yeah. how yeah. scary it is for Edwards. Like I would like yeah. to well, me, know, that's the, easily the biggest challenge, other than Kamara. Probably scarier is this comes at comes at Shumayev. That's <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. I forgot about him. Okay, forgot about that absolute. Warlord is he's he's a, he's he's gonna, a month away from going to jail for murder though. For murder. Yeah, he's he's gonna rip Nate Diaz. You know, Luke Rockhold was like rubbing his blood all over Paulo Costa and was like, "That's the most disgusting thing we've ever seen." How's that? Chimaev is gonna like rip off one of Nate's limbs and actually chew it in the octagon, and everyone's gonna be like, "Okay, that's." Yeah. So, and, and Dana Dana White's already said it makes sense to give him the next title shot. So we're gonna get an immediate rematch probably uh, sometime in January in the UK. And then Shamayev is probably going to get the first shot at Leon after he after he defends his belt successfully for the first time. I think you've just if given not, us a perfect segue into Costa Rockhold with the blood smothering, the smearing from his mouth. Um, if that happened in, say, a game of EPL football, does that person get a life ban, do you think, from the sport? Just about. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, this like, is the most horrendous thing you've ever seen. Like, yeah. what? I've never seen anything like that. And at the time, it's like at the Tyson time, biting like, oh, Holyfield's ear, ear levels. Yeah. At, at, at the time, I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. And then afterwards, I was like, that was insane. I've never seen anyone do that intentionally. Of course, you bleed on each other and so on and so forth. But my goodness. And you know what? We've got to give credit to Luke Rockhold because he was, he was uh, outmatched in terms of the power that he was able to, to, absorb and he clearly didn't have any cardio he turned up with like 90 seconds of cardio at an altitude fight which strange decision but he was gassed immediately 
Problem for him, Paolo Costa gasses immediately as well because he's got all of these glamour muscles that require oxygen to sustain them, and he just burned <laughs> through his tank so quickly. The fact that Costa couldn't put Rockhold away, a bit embarrassing for him, I've got to say, but also just shows you how tough Luke Rockhold is. And considering this is a man who clearly was contemplating retirement, has been away from the sport for three years, only came back because he thought like absolute delusionally that he might be able to get a, uh, a title run. Clearly you've got to give credit to him for sticking around and hanging in there in that just horrendous, hellacious fight where he was just getting the shit kicked out of him in <laughs> all different ways. It was horrendous. He could have easily quit. He could have gone the Nick Diaz, Nick Diaz way and no one, no one would have thought any less of him for it. Just incredibly, he hung in there and, and got through and survived all the way through to a decision after the damage he took. And then it clearly took a toll on him. Reti it was it was obvious that he was retiring before they'd even read the decision out. You could just see. I was like, <laughs> Mate, yeah. I saw it in two minutes into the first round. Yeah, I saw yeah. him decide to retire. <laughs> you could see it in his eyes. He was like, fuck this shit. This Why sucks. am I doing Why this? Why am I here? I don't this hurts. This. Yeah. <laughs> this hurts so much. And then, of course, you had the absolute fuckhead Jake Paul calling him out saying he's like, so oh, I haven't seen Twitter that. I haven't seen that. Oh man, Jake Paul was going back and forth with Ariel on Twitter. <laughs> and Jake Paul was just getting absolutely washed by everyone, of course. I'd love, I would pay such good money to see Luke Rockhold versus Jake Paul in an MMA fight. Boxing fight, Jake Paul probably wins, to be honest, especially given how chinny Luke Rockhold is. Uh, but my goodness me, in an MMA fight, I'd love to see Luke Rockhold rip that bitch limb from limb. It would be incredible. <laughs> Come on, surely you're not letting Jake Paul suck you in. He is the best troll on probably the internet. He is, but but this is the thing. Everyone knows, but but like, I everyone knows what he's doing. He's obviously marketing, but I just need to see it. I want to see it. I need I need to see his face elbowed through a canvas. That's what I need to see, and I'll pay good money to see it. I think once that happens, though, it's only going to happen. Like once it happens once, everyone will stop caring about watching him fight, won't they? Yeah, but I can watch it on repeat. <laughs> no, but I was think, the reason I was day. saying that is because like, I'm the conspiracy theorist. I think Woodley took a dive. I think all half of his opponents have all just faked faked it for money, to be honest. So my theory was like, maybe it's time he takes a dive just to get you know break the internet, get really famous again, because everyone will be so happy he got KO'd. But I think that's his magic bullet. Once that once he gets KO'd, his the boxing career is probably over. At least the yeah, uh, yeah. exhibition well, career. He can lean back. He can lean back on his uh, his baseball aspirations. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that video of him taking yeah, batting practice with the Yankees. Yeah. What an absolute fanny! Absolute useless piece of shit. But I did like that. He didn't his jersey say like six and zero or something? Whatever his record is, I think it said like five zero. <laughs> He's <sighs> so funny. I reckon it just everything he does it just triggers someone like it's so much yeah, thought yeah it's he's just he's just a, a, a walking shit stirrer that's what he is i wonder if he just that's walks around is. the streets with like six security guards the entire time because there'd be just he regular people like us that would want to just stab him probably like you know what i mean like not just fighters that want to is this, a, ther him. Would is just this be a, ther a therapy session for you mate are you feeling like you're gonna assault jake I think, Paul with a knife? i think you are <laughs> But, man, that was an unbelievable uh, – the Costa Rockhold fight was unbelievable. I, 
I wouldn't say it was the most technical, you know, beautiful martial arts fight we've ever seen. But exhausted. <laughs> but it was, it was. They were both physically ruined from the altitude. But what you've got to say is just credit to them for for going so deep into the fire. They dug down to levels. We're talking like Mariana's trench levels of, of like depth to get down there and dig what they needed to get out of that fight. Just remarkable, man. Just so it was it was a perfect display of the insane toughness that sometimes we forget that these freaks have inside that cage. Yeah, Just, it was it was amazing. I couldn't believe the um power they were still I know they weren't throwing very many combos in the last round, but every punch slash kick they threw was still so powerful. Like so fucking I this like you've ever, you can't make a meme about Rock Old's chin anymore. Like you actually can't, I don't think. No, I reckon he got no, crazy. slammed yesterday by Costa. He, got, he took some serious shots and came back from them. But you ever been to you've been to like a striking class or something like that and towards the end they're just like you know you're either on the bag or on a pad and they're just like do doing like just like kick as hard as you can and you're absolutely dead and you're able to like muster one up every 30 seconds that's basically what they were doing except instead of pads they were kicking each other's torsos yeah you it could tell ridiculous. Yeah, that, that is exactly what it looked like you could tell that they'd done that so many times before just on a bag just completely yeah. dead and their coach is just screaming at them to kick the bag and they're just like ah, harder harder uh, but yeah, that, that the card honestly desperately needed it as well. I thought they needed to get real, get the crowd real up and about for the next fight, and it, it was did. Just perfect it in did the end. because because we were coming off such a damn squib with Jose Aldo against uh, Mirab. Man, Jose Aldo, I think looked good in the first round, and then he was a. I mean, his takedown defense was phenomenal. As we talked about, his good he had Jose Aldo has historically good takedown defense, and he showed that. But my, man, I actually think if you do a proper plain English reading of the unified rules of MMA and how you score fights, there is an argument to be made, and I know it's difficult because of the way the what happened in the octagon appeared, that Jose Aldo actually won that fight. Because Morab didn't do any damage he didn't look to and like improve his position at all he was completely content and satisfied with crotch sniffing and holding jose against the fence and we've talked about jose's questionable cardio at times combine that with being held on the fence and then the altitude his output just completely dropped down and aldo isn't necessarily one of the most you know high output fighters anyway. He's clinical and precise and lands damaging shots. I mean, he landed some sick leg kicks in the first round. And I thought, wow, we're in here. This is this is Jose Aldo, baby. But honestly, both of these guys lost in reality. Merab has done nothing to further his case for a title shot off of this win. We talked about this potentially being the number one contender eliminator. Mm. Uh, about, you can't give him a title shot off, off of that performance. It was embarrassing. He didn't want to do anything to try and finish the fight. And he failed on the takedowns, couldn't get Jose to the mat, and so decided to just hold him in place, lock his hands. Now, of course, yeah, Jose Aldo needs to do better at escaping that position. And then when he gets those opportunities, pour it on Mirab. But it was like one guy was potentially there to fight and the other guy was there to, 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 to just try and stymie. And of course, 
if you're in a cage with Jose Aldo and you're a wrestler, you, yeah, you want to try and stymie him, of course. But once you're in that position, look to do some damage. Throw some short elbows. Throw some close clinch punches. Drop a couple of knees to the body. Do something other than just holding him there. It was embarrassing. It was such a letdown of a fight. Um, yeah, I yeah agree. as I said, no, no winners from this fight, man. There's enough going on in the bantamweight division to honestly, that's probably put Mera two steps backwards now, even though he's beaten a higher ranked guy. That stink, that nasty taste in the mouth will remain with the UFC matchmakers because they were going to go, we can't risk putting that in a main event bantamweight title shot on a pay-per-view, not a catch chance in hell. When we've got TJ Dillashaw, when we've got Piotr Jan, when we've got Corey Sanhagen, when we've got insert any number of crazy names, when we've got Cheeto Vera. Yeah, 100%. And I, going into the fight, I thought Marab kind of gives you similar vibes to uh, Piotr Jan pre-fight. I was like, this guy is scary motherfucker. He's here to fight, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Looks yeah, tough, terrifying. Yeah, and just didn't really bring that at all. But maybe that was also just Aldo being one of the goats, you know, and just being able yeah, to make yeah, him look course, like that. Of course, I have no doubt. Which no probably doubt that that, that pushes that case it. that you've just said that maybe Aldo won that fight. But, yeah, it's a tough one. I feel sorry mostly for Aldo because, um, you know, it's still a long way for him. He, the clock's ticking, obviously. And he's still yeah. at least three fights from a title, you'd think. Three Pro- wins. Probably. Unless, you know, may- maybe some injury happens and he stays ready and steps up in a short notice spot, something like that. But yeah, that's it's 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 gonna be tough for him now because it was it was all like Merab, it was a lackluster performance in a in a high leverage situation and he didn't seize the opportunity. So yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes. I tell you what was an entertaining fight for the three seconds that it lasted was Tyson Pedro murdering poor old Harry Hunsucker, who apparently has like got to get stitches in his eye and like all kinds of, he got, oh, oh man, just, I mean, it was only about three seconds of work for poor old Tyson after that whole camp. He looked in tremendous shape, but yeah, he did. let's give him a proper opponent. So now. Fit, let's actually. give him a crack. Let's give Tyson Pedro a crack at someone that, 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 that matters now. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Wholeheartedly. Turn agree. him around. Let's turn him around quickly. He said he's going to Paris to watch Ty fight. Like, let's let's get him in. You know what would be a really fun fight? Because I don't think he's got a date booked yet. Let's put him in against Dustin Jacoby and see how he goes there. Because that could that could be a fight night all on its own. Tyson Pedro against Justin Dustin Jacoby. Jacoby has been beating up dudes and deserves his own like fight night to headline a fight night. That's where his level is at now. Tyson Pedro is the perfect dance partner for that because he doesn't have any time to waste because the four years he's missed. So let's see what we're waiting for. Throw him in there with a top 15 guy, a decorated striker, someone who's a tough veteran of the game who isn't going to wilt and fold like Harry, Harry shit sucker. But Pedro, I guess he deserved uh, a, one more fight. That's quite easy. I didn't think it'd be that easy for him. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it was amazing. Obviously, Aussie, him. so uh, you know, he said he was going to watch Ty. I was just thinking when he said that, I'm like, why don't you just jump on the card? Get on the card. We'll have Whitaker, yeah. Pedro, Tuivasa, man. Surely, surely they can squeeze squeeze someone in there because they, uh, they, they, they. Uh, there was a glory French glo- glory kickboxer uh, Cedric Cedric Dum uh, Dum Dumbe Dum. I can't 
can't remember his name, but he he couldn't get um, approved by the uh, French Boxing Commission because of his lack of experience in MMA, which is just hilarious. This dude's like a multi weight world champion in kickboxing. Like, you're not experienced enough to be a stepping into the UFC. It's like, come on. Oh anyway, so he there there are some spots on the card, you know, if they wanted to. So that would be cool, but I really don't see it happening. I'd say unless... he still hasn't been to bed if he's anything like Ty. <laughs> And they are like yeah. best friends. Dude, did you notice did you notice he's got the you know obviously he's got his beer brand Drink West. You see he's got a tattoo of it on his left no on, on his uh yeah, it, it, because the fight was there for like three seconds, you didn't get to see, but he's got the Drink West logo tattooed on oh his lap on his left side. He, his tattoos are actually so fucking good. Um it's amazing. Imagine how long that all took. Like Dude, I was, I was saying I was saying that to Jamie watching the fight. When you see someone who's got like complete tattoos over his upper thighs coming up his body like that you go that's a man who sat in agony for hours and hours and hours it's just like yeah just keep going and, and i'd say you're that dealing, was all you're dealing with someone who's like in the traditional way like that they do it over there which is the stick and poke which is even more torturous i'm pretty sure do you reckon that's do you reckon that's what his dad was trying to do when he stabbed him <laughs> he's like oh son it's a traditional tattoo <laughs> here have a knife in your chest I bet you that's probably what he said when he accidentally did it. Um, that's probably the running joke in the family now. But, yeah, he looked amazing. And obviously an Aussie, so I hope he just keeps winning and winning. And they're just so exciting, that, that crop of Aussies. And the UK's basically got their own crop as well, and it's so exciting to see. Um, they're, they're winning, but they're winning in ways that, you know, you get noticed instantly. Like, I know Edwards was getting exactly. beaten, but that KO, that gives him – a million more fans that it probably would have if he had just won by decision or something like that. Like they're just winning in 100%. these amazing ways and hundred percent. Like Patty's doing it. It's just yeah, it's so good. It's so good for the sport. And um I And even if I, you you know, even if you don't think some of these guys are gonna go all the way and you can see limitations in the game, it doesn't matter. It's fun and it's enjoyable and it's bringing eyes to the sport. It's just a good time right now. It is a great time to be an MMA fan, especially if you've got an interest in UK and Australian or Anzac fighters like we do. So it is just a great time to, 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 to love MMA. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, um, yeah, as a fan, man, it was a, it was an unreal day. And then just after the fight, my beloved Collingwood were playing Carlton in a, in the last game of the season, very important game. Um, if Collingwood won, they'd be in the top four, which you get a double chance in the finals if, if you lose. So it's very, very valuable. And if you if we lost, we weren't getting the double chance. And if we beat Carlton, now our arch rival, we kicked them out of the finals. It was a huge a game. Huge game. And we were down by five goals at three-quarter time and won by a point. And, uh, oh, my, my mate literally he was took, took naked with a Collingwood scarf. He was naked with a Collingwood scarf on the balcony. <laughs> I can send you the video. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to see it. I'm, I believe you. I'll take your word for it. Thank oh, you. you'll like it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a big day yesterday. I'm still feeling the pinch, but um, so good. It ended up being a ripper day, the sport-wise for me. And that's what I was saying to, to um, my friends after. I'm like, if we just didn't watch any sport today, this day would have sucked, like, compared to how good it was with the UFC with that. And, and like, just the emotions it brings if you do get into it. And you don't have to be as obsessed with it as we are, you know what I mean? You can just no. be a casual, but you just get into it for the day and you'll still get that same feeling. And uh, yeah. that's what's so good about it. And people that uh, hang shit on sport, fuck you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Sports are tremendous. Uh, there's a few other fights before we, uh, we keep moving on. 
few of the fights we should worth mentioning that were, were pretty entertaining on this card. I've got to say uh, the Woodson versus Saldana fight was just all kinds of chaos. Saldana looked great, was like chopping up Sean Woodson, and then he had like two absolute zero fight IQ brain melt moments. <laughs> One, he just like walked away when he dropped him like he'd won the fight. And then the second, he runs in and knees the guy on the head while he's on the ground and then jumps up on the cage celebrating like he's won while Herb Dean's calling, I think it was Herb Dean, well, whoever the ref was, was calling timeout being like, no, nah, it's not over. Like it was, and then they were both gassed because it was just, it was a, a wild fight. And I think it ended in a draw, if I recall correctly, because of the point deduction. It was just chaos. It was one of the most ludicrous fights but honestly, I think Saldana should have won. One of the judges gave it 29-27 to Woodson, which mathematically just doesn't make any sense in, in terms of with the point deduction and they, if you're scoring the rounds, like it's not possible. So that judge has clearly just had like a stroke and some something's gone completely wrong, um, wrong there. But that was that was that was a, an, a really entertaining fight. Jared Gordon versus Leonardo Santos was a dog shit, boring snooze fest which did Jared Gordon no favors. He's got a great story. He's calling out Paddy the Baddy. But let me tell you, that is not the way you punch a ticket to the Paddy the Baddy sweepstakes with a performance like that. Zero intention to finish. Just played it safe against like a 42-year-old man who's right on the back backside of his career. Like weird performance from him. Mm -hmm. AJ Fletcher against Ange Lusa was an incredibly fun fight. AJ Fletcher looked spectacular in the first round. And then Lusa got his timing down and beat them. It's out of him in the second round. It was unreal, <laughs> some of those shots he was landing. And because AJ Fletcher is just pure, like, gronk Neanderthal, he was just eating those shots and walking forward like a zombie. But my goodness, Angelusa looked really, really good. Great for him. I think it was his first win inside the UFC after have a couple of different matches. But he's got he's got scary power. That that dude's got some potential. And he's... he's, he's first only fight on the main better. card sort of a person. Yep. Get him on there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, what else do we have? Amir Albazi came back after a long, long layoff and, and vaporized the far less talented Figueredo brother. Just an impressive performance that at this point, I think Davison is actually going to ask Francisco to just forfeit the family name because it's a bit embarrassing. You can't have a champion and then a, a brother that's that that bad. I said, you know, it's just, come on, change, change your name, do it for the family. You're embarrassing the brand. But Albazi looked really, really good. And I'm sure he wants to get back in there quickly. He's he's ranked, you know, 11. Okay. That's probably speaks to, you know, a lack of great depth. But my goodness, there's plenty of options for him. Plenty of fun fights. I mean, we just saw uh, Sumadaji have that incredible performance uh, uh, or incredible fight against um, against Matt Schnell. And Matt Schnell had the, like, Mel, you know, may, maybe you give uh, Albazi Matt Schnell, but give him someone inside the top 10. Let's let's see what he can do because it certainly looked like he had all the tools to, to really put it on some of these, some of these flyaways. So some fun fights ahead for him. And then what was a really fun fight actually was one of our successful parlay legs was, uh, Archie Long against Jay, the Joker parent. The Mongolian really, murderer. Really, the Mongolian murderer. That was a really, really fun fight to to really set the tone, tone for the evening. But yeah, overall, obviously, because the way this card finished with Leon Edwards being champion, we had fun with Paolo Costa and Luke Rockhold. It was, it was a, a decent fight, I would say, a decent fight card overall. Mm -hmm. But 
didn't quite hit the heights and the potential that it, it had on paper, but overall, like a really good seven out of 10 pay-per-view event. Yep. Easily money's worth if you bought it. Yeah. And it was for, for me personally, it was the, the cherry on top of a long, long <laughs> marathon of combat sports watching it. Let me tell you, it might be hard. All right getting in the cage and fighting, especially at altitude. It might be a little bit tiring. It might be a little <laughs> bit difficult. You might have to go to places that you don't want to go. But bloody hell, let me tell you, it's difficult sitting on the couch for 13 hours straight watching combat sports. We started at 7 p.m. Especially the times. You, you did it. <laughs> the with, the with the time zone? Oh, my goodness. So we, we, uh, we started at 7 p.m. We had the two TVs set up. We had PFL on one screen, and we had bare-knuckle uh the BKFC bare knuckle fight, fighting championships on the other screen, both from London. So they're in sweet time zones. Tell you what, man, bare knuckle FC. I didn't think I'd be a fan of it. It's a heck of a lot of fun. It is wild. It is the pacing's amazing. There's a ton of fights on the cards. It was great. Let me tell you, Kevin Lee is uh, not, not Kevin Lee, Mike Perry. Sorry. Yeah. Mike Perry is knuckle boxing he was born to be the face of that promotion let me tell you he broke his jaw was sliced up and just kept coming forward wailing shots on mvp if they fought in mixed martial arts mvp would vaporize him inside of about three <laughs> three minutes but bare knuckle boxing man it's different it is completely different and it's frenetic it's five two minute rounds there isn't a second to spare a lot of fun, and it's dirt cheap as well. You just buy it through the app. It's five bucks a month, and there's like four, four of pay-per-view events on this this month alone, including what like a legendary Muay Thai kickboxer who they've signed as well. I think he's uh, pronounced Bukor. My goodness, there's some there's some good fun content coming up on bare knuckle boxing. That was great. PFL was great. Brendan Lochnane got a really impressive performance to punch his ticket into the final million dollar featherweight championship in PFL coming up shortly. So, yeah, just a whole lot of fun. And let's touch on briefly the AJ and Usyk fight, if you if you want to. Yeah, watch absolutely. Watch that as well. Um, yeah. AJ didn't get the win. It, I thought it was a pretty even fight, but honestly, man, like I, I love boxing, but you just can't even fucking compare that shit to the, to the UFC anymore, I don't think. Like... The best of no, the best. Even... I love it. I love it. But I, you, you wouldn't get me watching a boxing card the size of the UFC one they had yesterday unless I knew, you know, half of the card and they're all which, fury. Which you never fight. do. Which no. you never do because boxing does not do anything on the undercards. It's no. always about the main event. It, it, it's just like, not as good. It just isn't. A, no, it's not. AJ got outclassed and then completely memed himself afterwards with his absolute oh, lunatic post-fight speech. Man, don't, I forgot about don't know for what was going on there. It was humiliating, embarrassing, and poor DeZone's got to be sat there like, did he? Whoa. Did he leave and then come back and do that speech? Because I was half tuned yeah, out once left. the fight ended, and I swear he was walking he did. out. He left, he left the ring and then came back in, and it was weird, man. He's, he's completely, like, cracked it mentally. It's very, very strange. I mean, I get it. It's like huge emotion. He's been punched in the head repeatedly by Alexander Usyk. He's probably not quite all there, but still someone, someone needed to look after him better and get him away and get him out of there because that wasn't his spotlight. That wasn't his stage. He lost convincingly, 
the judge that scored it for AJ. Talk about corruption and incompetence in boxing. How you have a judge that watched that fight and gave rounds, multiple rounds to Anthony Joshua and gave him especially uh, some of the questions, like the ones where Usyk was like completely dominant and yet AJ was getting... It's crazy. These judges, man, in boxing are, Incompetent, corrupt, and everything in between. It was a shambles. But more importantly, what it now sets up is an incredible, incredible showdown between Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. And for the first time since Lennox Lewis, we have an opportunity to have a completely undisputed, unified heavyweight champion of the world. So will we? And I got to say, sorry to cut you off. Will we have that either way? Like all the belts on the line for both, or all is it all the belts on the line? So for both it, of them. no matter when or whoever wins, is the belts will be unified. That's correct. That's awesome. Fuck yeah! See, that's it's when boxing awesome. gets it's awesome. What, that's what boxing needs. Yeah, I was gonna say, Usyk is obviously incredible, and he's fast. He moves so well, and unorthodox yeah. too. Like it was, see, it was to I me, no to idea. Eye. No idea how he's going to handle Tyson Fury because he's he's way bigger than AJ, but he can move. Tyson can move and he can throw combinations far faster and with far more uh, precision than AJ. Think he'd like, I just don't, I don't see it. I mean, I don't want to write off Alexander Usyk because he's so incredible and what he's achieved. He's only 20 and 0 and he's been the unified undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world and now holds three of the four belts in the heavyweight division. Just incredible. And, the, the you know, he put it on AJ in a bad way. But I just, like Tyson Fury said, he could beat both of those guys. In yeah, one that was, I was about to bring up. <laughs> and I believe it, man. I could see it happening. Yeah, it was so good. He, um, yeah, I think Fury might be the reason why AJ tried to, like, give a big speech and stuff. It's like, you, you're not him. You're not as smart as him. I don't think you you KO'd probably or TKO'd at the moment. Like, just don't – you don't have to bring up – like, give yourself 48 hours and tweet something out or post a video yeah. or something. Anyway, there's still a part of me, though, that would love to see Joshua Fury, but – I mean, it, it could it could happen down the line purely because AJ's got this now huge deal with the zone and they need to try and get some – recoup some money. They made a gamble. They gave him like this $100 million deal. And this fight with Usyk wasn't a part of that deal. So, yeah, they've got to try and figure out some fights for, for, for AJ, who, as we all know now, is 18 stone. He's heavy. One of the funniest things of all time. <laughs> That's just going to get memes to death. <laughs> I think uh, I, it would not surprise me if someone at DAZN said he has to go back in and do a speech of some sort. They're like, someone mentioned, oh, you said you'd do a speech, you promised you'd do like, or something like that, you promised. And he was just like, oh, shit, 100 mil, maybe I should turn around and say something. And that was the biggest mistake by all parties that it even happened. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone gave him a nudge, yeah, but a, a huge miscalculation if that was the case. Um, it seemed like just the biggest virtue signal. I didn't really, like, I don't think, I, I have to watch it again, but it seemed like he was just like trying to, you know, be woke and... Uh, politically aware about how all this war is and it, and it was as if like, I went up like, there like I would I, yeah. I would just butcher it because I don't know enough about what's going on like it was just ridiculous yeah, you, you you barely know where your next meal's coming from so how can you be expected to uh, <laughs> well that's just because there's so something. many options I'm, I'm, on your <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Wow. I mean, what a weekend of combat sports. And on top of that, there was like KSW going on. There was It was just insane how much combat sports were going on at the weekend. But you know what? We get, we get to breathe now. We get to let the dust settle on oh, this. We get a week off. <laughs> I need this as well. We get a week off. And then we head to UFC Paris, which is just going to be amazing. It's in a great time zone here in Europe. I'm very thankful for that. Gonna have a little UFC party. Have some people over love it man and it's, it's a huge aussie aussie um yeah tie tie and so uh, i'm keen for it's, it too it's gonna be it's gonna be tremendous i'm it's a very very good card on paper i'm excited for the fights and of of course next week we'll uh we'll bring you a preview show we'll bring you a preview episode for that so re- really looking forward to that but this was this was an amazing weekend of fights i couldn't be happier for leon edwards still can't believe it just haven't stopped smiling since didn't know how to contain myself when it happened. Just, wow, dude. Just, ah! Mate, happy for you, but also the countdown is on until that belt is back around Kamara Usman's waist. That's all I'm saying. Uh, follow us on Instagram at PunchDrunkPod, Twitter, PunchDrunkPod underscore, PunchDrunkPod on TikTok, PunchDrunkPodcast on YouTube, Punchdrockpod at gmail.com if you want to send us a love letter. Uh, give us five stars on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And please gamble responsibly. <laughs> I think it's the first time I've ever said that. But I think we're, if people are following our bets, they might be in the, really, really in the red at the moment. Think, apart from the pilot, I had a pretty good night. Pretty good night. Some uh, <laughs> some boxing, some, some PFL as well. So pretty happy overall. Yeah, I may. I can't remember quite sure, but I may have chased my losses with the Kamara Usman by decision. So that might be why I was fucking fuming at the end of the fight. But hey, <laughs> I, oh, I unfortunately had I had Leon. I had a, a bet. It was Leon by decision. Oh well, uh, but I had. I guess it wasn't that unlucky because he wouldn't have won if the fight went to the end. So exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I again, I need to just start betting outcomes instead of. Instead of props, I've still got to stop getting enticed by that. He was a dog too. Up. He would have just been good value just for the win. I know. Greedy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. This is awesome. Talk to you soon, mate.